0: What's up, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of Locked On Bucks. Last one to finish off the week here. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in Melbourne, but we have plenty to talk about today. Eric Name from The Athletic wrote a really good story and gave some insight into the relationship between Giannis, the Greek Basketball Federation, and the Bucks. So I think that's an interesting topic. It's something we've been talking about a little bit. Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. Who saw that coming? I thought it was a fake account this morning when I saw the tweet, but... We'll just take a quick look at how the Eastern Conference is shaping up because it is deep. There's no doubt about that. And what about the Elam ending in the G League? I've spoken about it before. Has anyone's mind changed whether we want this in the NBA? So we're going to discuss all that today. Let's get started. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading oh, shot. Up down. Locked on Bucks, I'm your host Kane Pittman, you can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and I'm riding solo today, which uh, I can do from time to time, Frank is very busy, Uh, he might podcast over the weekend, I won't be there, as I mentioned the other day, I'm from Geelong in Australia, Geelong, my team is starting the, the playoffs, I got some pushback from Australians, we call it finals so the finals are starting tomorrow. I'm going to be at that game. There's going to be 95,000 people there. So I'm going to be very distracted this weekend. But of course, uh, Eurobasket tipping off in just a few hours as I'm recording this. or it tipped off last night, but Greece about to get going. So we're going to have plenty of Greece coverage, the Greek national team coverage over the next few weeks. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, but this will be the last pod from me this week, at least. Uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day we really appreciate it particularly during the off season but we've now ticked over to september which to me tells me that the season is well and truly on the way by the time EuroBasket's done uh, we will be into the nba season which i'm really excited about so 10 a.m friday morning greece versus croatia the first group game for yanis for the greek national team uh, they will start in their in their group. There is uh, six teams in each group, and uh, the top four from each group advance. So, yeah, I don't think there's any great panic over Greece not making it through the group. That's for sure. They should be able to do so. They have games against Croatia, Italy, Great Britain, Ukraine, and Estonia. So they should be able to navigate the group stage. But it really does matter. If you can finish at the top of the group, it puts you in a better position moving forward into the next round. Uh, so certainly, top two—you really want to be finishing. That should be achievable for this uh, Greek national team. They are potentially on a collision course for Slovenia in the quarterfinals, which would be interesting. The round of sixteen, you'd like to make it as easy as you as easy as you possibly can, and then they'll potentially face Luka Doncic and Slovenia, depending on how. Uh, the results go their way. But it does bring up a really interesting point. And I know some of our Greek fans have pushed back on this and it's something we've discussed for good reason. The idea of the schedule of this tournament, how much does Giannis play? What is the relationship between the Bucks and the Greek national team? I think we've all assumed that it's better. And when I say I get some pushback, if you look at the YouTube comments, there is a very passionate Greek fans that will say, well, you know, Anyone complaining about Giannis playing should be quiet. He wants to play for Greece. That's totally fine. But as we know, Milwaukee at the time signed Giannis to the greatest, the richest deal in NBA history, $250 million. And there is significant investment from the Bucs towards Giannis and Giannis towards the Bucs and Giannis towards his NBA career. Now, these guys play for their national team, out of pride for their country. Giannis clearly is very passionate about playing for Greece, but it's in the best interests of everyone that there is a strong working relationship. And the Bucks can never say, no, Giannis don't play for Greece. They can certainly push towards that, but they want to have a strong relationship with Giannis moving forward. It's been perfect, really, to this point, and they don't want to mess this up. But Eric Name was over in Greece. It was a big surprise to me that he actually did some work because I just figured that he was over there drinking and eating and carrying on, but he actually did a story. So full credit to Eric first for this, but there was a really interesting snippet that I'm going to pull up on the screen here. Uh, make sure you go to The Athletics, subscribe for the full story because this is only a small slice of what I found to be a, a really interesting story and some pretty pretty sharp work uh, from Eric over in Greece. So we've spoken about how this relationship has transformed over the years. And Bud said, it's incredibly important to us that Giannis is taking care of himself, not just for us, but for the Greek team in future competitions. We just want him to have a long and healthy career and the Federation has been great. Uh, Getting to know them the last few days has been great. Having Josh Oppenheimer and the coaching staff, Suki Hobson is here a lot, Andrew Small, uh, Brett uh, Bosquet. It feels like we've reached a level of cooperation that is pretty high level. I don't think we, either side, has ever really had that before. So it gives you more confidence that he can compete for his national team, which is very important to him and still be taking care of himself and still be preparing and getting ready for the NBA season, which is the best of both worlds. So good stuff. And look, we've spoken about this and the fact that Bud is over there and he's on the sidelines with Oppenheimer on the coaching staff. It feels like both sides are in a really, really good place. Now, there's no question that it's a huge shame for those Greek fans that went to the games last week and Giannis wasn't playing. He had back soreness. I think there was some knee soreness early in the piece. So that sucks. It's such a rare opportunity for the local fans to get to catch Giannis up close and and personal. But even for this Eurobasket tournament, it might only be the next few weeks. Uh, But you want Giannis to be in his best physical shape as he moves forward. And I just think that if you're a Bucs fan, you should be feeling super comfortable. If you're a Greek fan, you should be feeling comfortable that Giannis is there, that he continues to commit to playing for his national team. Um, But you also just have to have a level of understanding that this isn't just a one-way street. There has to be a relationship there. I push back heavily on on the fans that say that, you know, we shouldn't talk about this or I shouldn't talk about this because he can do what he wants. He is doing what he wants, but it's really important that there's a relationship between the two because you can't deny that there's a significant responsibility to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Milwaukee Bucks have a significant responsibility to build the relationship between the two parties. But it does bring me to an interesting point. So now that we're actually here at Eurobasket, we've spoken about the schedule a little bit. So Croatia and Italy on a back-to-back. So these next two days, they're going to play these two games. That's fine. One day off. And then a back-to-back with Great Britain and the Ukraine, one day off. And then a matchup against Estonia. And then you move into the round of 16, the quarterfinals. So already we know that it's five games in seven days. Now, this is just the nature of these tournaments. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they balance the load on Giannis if there was ever five games in seven days, do they even do that in the NBA anymore? I I don't think so. Maybe they might do it from time to time. But no one would sit here and expect him to play five games in seven days. They certainly from time to time do four and five, I believe, if you get a back-to-back with a day off in between. And no one would sit here and expect him to play all those games. But when you are playing in a tournament where this really, really does matter, I'm fascinated to see how they manage this because this is crunch time now for Team Greece. And as I said... There is a big difference between finishing top of the group, second in the group, and then certainly you do not want to finish third in the group. So which game do they look at? Our Greek fans would probably know more than me in terms of the makeup of these teams. Is there an opportunity that he would rest? I I suspect he'll play the first back-to-back Croatia and Italy. Does he take a game off, whether it's Great Britain or the Ukraine, or do they try and really push through and go 5-0 in the group stages. I'd be fascinated to hear uh, what our Greek fans think. But again, you have to take some comforts. If you're a fan of Giannis, if you're a fan of the Bucks, and yes, if you're a fan of the Greek team that they're working together on this, but I am fascinated to see how they manage him. And overall, hopefully uh, his body gets through this tournament completely unscathed. All right. Got a message now from NHTSA. And uh, we've been talking about this, through the week, But are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Uh, you would be wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high and get a DUI. Now, I got a haircut this morning. Uh, Please jump on YouTube if you're interested in having a look. Uh, Happy to have all feedback on this, but I got a haircut this morning and uh, the guy that was doing my hair told me of a uh, a really nice fellow, by the way. Always a a good conversation with this man, but he had an unfortunate incident on the weekend where uh, he was uh, partaking and he wasn't driving, which was the first smart move, but he needed to get a train from one spot to the other he got on the train, which sent him in the wrong direction. He was going the wrong way. By the time he figured out that he was going the wrong way, he realized that he quickly had to get up off the train. Then he left his backpack on the train with all of his personal belongings. And I couldn't help but listen to this story from uh, this fine fella and thinking to myself, this is the message from NHTSA. If you can do that, if you don't even know which direction the train's going, if you don't even know that you don't have your backpack on your back anymore, then you definitely shouldn't be driving. So... That's a very important message. All right, I woke up this morning and I had to triple take looking at my phone. We have been speaking about Donovan Mitchell for the last three weeks now, I believe. And I don't know where Cleveland ranks of the potential destinations for Donovan Mitchell, but here we are. So it's really fascinating, this Cleveland team right now. Before we get to that, the distortion of the trade market in the NBA is truly fascinating. I remember when the Bucks traded for Drew Holiday, and there was lots of talk about the package that they had to give up. And you know certainly they gave away draft picks, but I still thought back to that and said, well, it's a risk, particularly because Giannis hadn't signed the extension at the time. But if you believe that you can sign Giannis to a Supermax extension or you believe that the trade for Drew Holiday is what is going to tip that over the edge, then who cares about the picks for the next three, four years because you believe that you're going to be a pretty damn good team. So far, so good on that front. And plus, they won the title, so the trade is fine. But from a player perspective, they really didn't give up anything. Eric Bledsoe, George Hill. So that trade was a winner, but it was certainly a trade that raised some eyebrows. I think Anthony Davis clearly... Also was a big haul, but you know, he's viewed as a top 20 player, right? They won a championship. But we're getting into interesting territory with guys like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So Utah, this is the haul they've got from these players. And I had to write this down because there's no way I could remember this. So Malik Beasley, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen. Igbaji, the the young player from the draft this year, Talon Horton Tucker, the Stanimal, Stanley Johnson. You're like, okay, there's some players there that we're unsure of, but certainly there's talent. There's plenty of talent there. That does not compare to what the Bucs gave up for true holiday. That's for damn sure. Now, this is over two trades, for sure. On top of that, seven first-round picks and three pick swaps. Staggering. So you have to look at it and say, Utah, okay, you got rid of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. You clearly got to the point where you said, well, we're not going to win the title, so are we going to reset the franchise? And they didn't go half measures. They said, screw it. It's it's supposedly supposed to be a pretty good draft coming up here. If we're going to stink, that's absolutely properly stink and get as much back as we can. And you have to say Cleveland and Minnesota – Cleveland may be a little bit different because they've certainly got a young core. But does Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert take those teams to contention? Not really. Maybe the Cavs have got some more moves moving forward. I know they, they held on to one draft pick, I think, in the future. But it's just interesting when you see these teams that are in the middle of the pack and they really, really swing for the fences. And if you're a New York Knicks fan, I don't know how you're feeling today. Probably not great. But... While I don't think the Cavs are a team that are going to contend this year, and I always think that you need to have a little bit of a watch on teams that are young and they take a really sharp rise, what they look like the second year around. So Atlanta was a team. We think that they got a pretty easy run in the postseason the year before. We know Philadelphia absolutely melted down. In the first round, they beat the Knicks and then the Bucs, obviously we know what happened there. The Bucs handled them in the Eastern Conference Finals. But Atlanta last year were no good. So I've got a bit of a watch on Cleveland. Clearly, if you add Donovan Mitchell, you you should be better. But I'm still unconvinced that Donovan Mitchell is the number one guy on a team that's going to take you as a contender. He feels more to me like the number two or the number three guy. We will wait and see. Plenty of talent defensively in the front court. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. So they're going to be Good defensively in the paint. We'll see what they look like on the perimeter. But I think overall, for Cleveland, adding Donovan Mitchell, they should be better. Which brings me to the Eastern Conference. And we've spoken a lot about, okay, well, where do the Bucs sit? What do we think their record's going to be? How hard are they going to push during the regular season? But I think that there is enough talent in the Eastern Conference now that the Bucks are going to find themselves in the mix of teams that I I don't think you want to, I don't think you want to get off to a slow start. First of all, and you don't want to find yourself in the pack towards the back end of the season. So I've got Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, Miami, Cleveland. So if you separate these, however you want. So Milwaukee and Boston, potentially the top tier, in my opinion, then you have Philadelphia. Then you have Miami as well. Oh, There's always a team that slips, but let's say that's four locks for the postseason. Then you have Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell. Now Chicago, who we know were really damn good. And then they had a bunch of injuries. So Chicago are going to be in the mix again. Then you've got Toronto, Atlanta, and Brooklyn as the complete wild card. who if everyone plays and everyone's happy and everyone's feeling good about themselves in the locker room, then they're going to be a really good team as well. So there's nine teams. So you get the sense that the Eastern Conference might be as strong as it's been for a long, long, long time. So it's going to be fascinating, particularly the powerhouse central division with Chicago Bulls, Cleveland Cavaliers, Milwaukee Bucks, eh, maybe not the Pacers and Pistons, but going to be fascinating to see. uh, Will there be a race to hang that banner? The Bucks four straight division titles. Will there be a race? You wouldn't think so. But as I said, there's always something that goes wrong for one of these contending teams. And we're certainly hoping it's not going to be the Bucs. But let me know what your thoughts were with the Cleveland trade for Donovan Mitchell. Does it make them a contender? Am I sleeping on the Cleveland Cavaliers? Is there any fear about the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, Let me know. And uh, we'll continue the conversation in the YouTube comments over the weekend. All right, Elam ending. This is something that I've discussed in the past. I think it's a fascinating it's a fascinating aspect to the game that can be added. We've seen it in the All Star game, and I think we've we've also seen over the past few years that there the G League has been kind of a testing ground for different types of things, different types of of, of innovations. So it came up on Twitter today. And I believe this is official, but let's just say if I've been scanned here, the Twitter account is at Elam Ending. so come on, it's got to be real. But this has certainly been discussed in the past, so whenever it becomes official, or it doesn't, I think it's an interesting talking point. So uh, it says the Elam Ending is coming to the NBA G League during the fourth quarter of all 2022 Winter Showcase games. And then during overtime of all other games during the 2022, 2023 season. So, how do we feel about this? So, I've said this before. I think, particularly during the regular season, the Elam ending in overtime, I think I'd be fine with it. And I am a little bit of a traditionalist, but if it's the regular season, Maybe you are in those schedules where it's like four games in five nights, four games in six nights. You get this overtime on the front end of a back-to-back. Everyone just wants the game to end. So I could see Elam ending whatever the total would be first. I, don't, I actually don't know what the total would be because sometimes, I was about to say first to 10 points, but sometimes you see overtime periods where no team scores for minutes on end, so it could actually drag out even longer. But the idea of finishing the game on a bucket sounds pretty fun to me. I absolutely would not touch the fourth quarter. And I don't think that this will happen in the NBA. I think that would be a huge mistake. Play the fourth quarters. If you're going to introduce it in the NBA, consider it down the line, obviously not this season. And I don't love the idea, but if they're going to do it, overtime, to me, at least is a little more passable, I would think. Uh, not Not in the playoffs, though. That would be my caveat there. So if you wanted to bring it in, for overtime for the NBA regular season. I'd be cool with that because there's so many damn games. Let's get it over with. Let's keep the show rolling. Then once you get to the playoffs, you have triple overtime, quadruple overtime, whatever you need to finish the game. But I think it's fascinating. With that news coming up today, I thought it was worth revisiting again. So yeah, a few topics to hit on today's show. I'm sure that they'll hit Donovan Mitchell news on Lockdown NBA. So make sure you check out That podcast, they're still rolling Monday to Friday as well. And don't forget, uh, Greece versus Croatia, 10 a.m. Central Time if you live in the U.S. So you'll be able to find that stream somewhere, certainly on the FIBA website. I've had a bit more luck with that streaming service over the last couple of games. So check it out. Make sure you watch Giannis. We'll try and get a podcast up at some point. Uh, Bear with us. It is still the offseason. But we are going to be covering this Greek, Greek team over Eurobasket as well, so make sure you check that out. Uh, let us know what you think. How should Giannis be managed? Is there room for a day off in the group stage and prepare him for the run to hopefully a medal for Greece, or do they just need to play every game, five nights, uh, five games in seven nights? So let us know how you feel about that. Particularly our friends in Greece who have significant investment in the success of this team and the success of Giannis. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, does this do anything to swing the power in the Eastern Conference? And then the ELAM ending. Let us know what you think. Appreciate everyone listening. Subscribe if you haven't already. We'll catch you guys next time.